Welcome everyone. This is Ingressive Capitals, How I Got Funded. And here we get to talk to African founders about how they got funds from VCs, angel investors, family and friends to scale their businesses. And so today I have with me Desmond and he's the founder and CEO of Complete Farmer. Hello Desmond. Hello Jessica, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Um, I hope you are doing well. I'm good, thank you. Okay. All right, thank you very much for joining us today. So, we will proceed with you telling us a bit about yourself, what you do at Complete Farmer, and all of that. Just <laughs> I think you're muted, we can't hear you. Okay, so I'm the CEO and founder of Complete Farmer. Um, I'm a mechanical engineer by training uh, and partly practice. Um, yeah. Just an average guy. I think I've the thing with entrepreneurship is once you start, you get so immersed into it that you you become uh, you, you lose yourself. So I'm really finding it hard to tell you who I am uh, because all I do is work. <laughs> That's all I keep doing. Yeah, but I'm a I'm a fun guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a fun guy. I like to basically solve solve problems. Um, one thing about me is it, I find it difficult to be ideal. Um, I always have to have like a game I'm playing, something to keep my mind um, active. So I fidget a lot. Um, yeah, but a complete farmer, basically we are digitizing the agricultural value chain for uh, for industries. Um, and um, basically what we are doing is like Shopify for farmers, um, get, making sure that farmers are able to directly connect to um, real markets and real demand. So that's basically what we've been working on. Um, it's, it's it's a challenging problem that we we, we 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 set to solve, but it's something that we are beginning to see like um, the results. And I think the more we keep we keep solving this problem, the more clarity we get, the more we know what what to do. So Complete Farmer has basically uh, pivoted a lot of models, and now we think we have like a winner that we are ready to scale across the rest of Africa with. So. Yeah, basically, and as complete farmer, I lead with product development, um, strategy, fundraising. Um, yeah, so that's basically those are basically my roles as complete farmer. Okay, thank you very much. I, I mean, I like the fact that you mentioned the fundraising part, so because that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, and all the other amazing things you do, I do agree that complete farmer does a lot of cool stuff especially the fact that i can be a farmer without necessarily knowing how to be a farmer you know it's really great <laughs> and i think that it's amazing what it would become in the future so thank you very much for sharing that with us and very quickly can you tell us about how you got the idea for this for complete farmer how it came to you what did, what made you decide that this was a problem you want to solve in africa so i'll say <laughs> Unlike, unlike um, most people that get an idea, I think Please Farmer was something that I, I found myself going into, um, primarily because I think I lived, I lived most of my life trying to um, do something. My dad was a smallholder farmer, a pineapple farmer. So I grew up like trying to pursue other things, um, apart from farming, because I've seen the fortune farmers make and wanted something better. So... Yeah, I did mechanical engineering, um, but I think my dad passed away in my final year, and I got to inherit his farm, and that was basically like an introduction into agriculture. So um, 
after inheriting his farm, two years after inheriting the farm, the farm collapsed, and and so it was it was it was a big it was a big blow. Like this was his legacy that he had left, and it just took me like two years to collapse everything. But that two years was like filled with a lot of lessons on um, what could have been done right, um, how we could have um, <clears throat> made things work better. And so right after that, we decided to like use the knowledge and the lessons we've gained over that two years failure to advise other people on how to get into agriculture and how to make it better. Um, so that's basically how Complete Farmer started. It was more of an effort to sort of share the lessons we've learned. Um, and in doing so, I think most of the question we asked ourselves was, how do we make this better? And how do we build? I think that was the, the mechanical engineer means how do we build like a farming system, which is like most production system, um, very precise and efficient, or like what we, we, we see in agriculture, which is also like a production system. So I think that was basically what started. It was more the fixation on that, that, that problem. to be more precise and efficient. I think we just fixated on it. So Complete Farmer didn't come up with, it wasn't like an idea where you're like, okay, this is cool. They, I don't, it was more of an exploration for that solution um, to answer that or to solve that problem. Okay, thank you very much for sharing that. I like personally that, you know, it was as a result of something going wrong and then you trying to find a solution to it. Because one thing I think founders do a lot or one thing is i think every entrepreneur can relate to is the fact that you know you start something today it doesn't work out you have to try another way so like yeah. everybody who wants to become an entrepreneur needs to know that you cannot give up you have to just keep finding another way to you know to grow to pivot to scale and it's beautiful to see that you took yeah. something that was like painful or like it hurt and you turned it into something great today so well done with that Thanks. so when you decided to start complete farmer and you know I'm thinking that you had issues with money or you had to think about, okay, how am I going to get money for this? So how did you go through that process? How did you get your first funding into the business or the startup here? Wow. It was, that, that was quite a journey. I think um, when you start, so um, Complete Farmer started, I think our first funding, we won a pitch competition. Um, and so that was for $50,000 uh, pre-seed money to start this. And at that, at that time, it sounded like a lot of money. Like, uh, as an entrepreneur, this was like the first calling to like, all that, that was the first realization where we realized that what, what we were working on um, was, was, was something serious. Um, I think once that first um, financing comes in, you start thinking um, differently about the business. It's no longer, you know, you have to be accountable and all. So that, that was what that 50000 really did for us. It was to basically get us into that mindset that this is something that's like real. And if we keep pursuing it and we are able to find like the, the solution to it, it could be something big. Um, so that was, that, was the, that was the journey. But I think we were very naive in the beginning to think that that 50000 was going to last us for, for a long period of time. And considering the kind of problem we were solving, I think eight months down the line, we realized that that 50000 was exhausted and we needed to raise money. You needed to keep it because at that time we were still building. Uh, we were still, um, we still had like product developments to do. We still had some operations ongoing. 
So we really knew that it became necessary. And I think for us, we started the fundraising process quite late. Um, we waited till we, that realization hit. But the good thing was also when we started with that 50,000, it was with the mindset, it was with a traditional business mindset where we didn't build Complete Pharma to look for funds. We were building it for sustainability in the beginning. So um, we wanted our units economics to make sense. We wanted to be profitable on every project. We were not willing to increase our burn rate um, as well. So already at that point, the business was making some money for us to then, um, before we started the fundraising um, process. And for me, this was like my first fundraise. Um, this was sometime in 2020 or 2019, um, Q4 2019. This was my first fundraise as an entrepreneur. I've never like stood in front of investors. I think I'd always been that geek in the in in in, in the in the garage trying to build things uh, separated from the outside world. So now this was like a new field, a new um, a new a new um, challenge I had to figure out. So that that was that that was, that was what happened for us to realize that okay, we really need to start raising funds. And I think at the time I spoke to a few mentors of mine. Um, who were in the startup ecosystem in Ghana um, to to ask for the advice on how to go about this, and um, so most of most of them were like, you need people to introduce you to investors. You need to know how to communicate your business to investors and all. Um, I think what I did was more to take more of an engineering approach. So I created a CRM um, about 169 investors and started doing the research. Uh, on all the investors, like what industries are they interested in? Um, what's their ticket size? Um, what do they look out for? What, what, what portfolio companies have they invested in? Um, and, and all that. So I did that for 169 investors. And so, what, yeah, after doing, I still have that CRM. Um, and, and, a good, and, and, and then I built like templates of like all my communication with these investors. And because I had to like manage all those relationships, what I did was to type out emails, just leave the name section out. And I would just copy and paste and forward, copy, paste, forward. Um, so it was for me, it was more of a numbers game. I think I, I thought in my mind, I would increase my chances of um, being able to raise the more of this I did. So for the, the good thing about that was that at that time, we, we sort of knew what, what type of investors we were looking for. Um, we just didn't know where to find them. And I think the good thing we got from that was anytime we reached an investor that wasn't probably a good fit, they would rather do a warm introduction to someone they thought was a good fit. So I think in, at our very beginning where we had no connections or contacts, that was very helpful um, to reach out to different people, tell them what you are building and, 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 and tell them what you are looking for. Uh, most times we had a no, um, but the good ones were like the no's and then a referral. So that was very, very helpful to, to us in getting to meet investors that now were looking for deals like Complete Pharma, that were looking at um, agriculture and, and, and then created a second CRM out of that. So that was the approach we used in, 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 in starting. And I think once we started getting that initial interest and investors wanted to now have meetings, what we then did was to, to now 
figure out what we want. So we now wanted to, we now have like the bunch of investors we know we can target. Now we want to see which ones do we think would, would want to be part of our company. And so we then, among that lot, we then had to narrow down to the people we really wanted to talk to the people. And we, I think at the beginning, um, we were looking for investors that, uh, or we wanted a pool of investors or a portfolio of investors. I think a lot of investors have portfolios, but I think as founders, it's also really good for us to have a portfolio of investors because the pool of support they can give is quite different. So we're looking for people that were in impact, people that were in tech enabled, people that were Africa focused. Um, and we knew we couldn't find all these specifications in one investor. So the good thing was to now target investors that were like for all these things and we could basically build leverage um, um, with, with them. So depending on what we wanted from an investor, we would be able to have those contacts um, as part of um, the investors that we had. So that was basically the process that like, we took to start our fundraise. Thank you very much for that. There's a lot to learn and a lot of follow-up question, follow questions that I have. <laughs> so I'll start from the first one, which comes to mind. Um, the first 50K you got. So what did you use that to solve? What problems did it solve for you in the beginning? I think the, the good thing about the 50K was um, we used that for basically building like prototypes of, of what we wanted to. Um, and I, so the 50K came with um, an incubation program at the Meltwater um, Incubator. And that's where we really learned um, like how to think in terms of milestones. So really we knew that this 50K wasn't like, we thought it was enough. It wasn't really enough, but we, we also knew that we had to meet certain KPIs for us to become like um, venture back um, at that point. So I thought of the things we initially started working on was to meet KPI, so to prove that we have the product, to prove that we have some traction, um, that the product works and the, 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 um, the solution fits the problem that we were trying to solve. So that was the initial um, focus for that. Um, at that time, the team was just four founders. Um, that we were working together, we really didn't focus on like getting employees in yet because we thought we really needed to understand like the entire agricultural value chain. So for you to digitize the agricultural value chain, you really have to have that first-hand experience. Um, so there were times where we even had to work from the farm ourselves. We 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 had to go live on the farm with like the with with the team and. I think that was the initial initial thought um, to validate the problem and make sure that we have a solution that fits the problem. Okay, thank you very much. So I'm guessing that all the work you did at that point or with that 50k was what helped you to get other founder, I'm sorry, other investors to invest in the business. So what did you go to them with, like traction, what documents? What did you have to have for them to you know have conversations with you? So for, for like proving the traction and proving that the business model worked, uh, we needed to have carried out a few transactions um, ourselves and, and, and get feedback or like some testimonial from both ends. So Complete Farmer basically is a marketplace um, where on one hand you have a farmers and the other hand you have industries. So we needed to prove that like people were willing to make transactions on the platform. So um, as part of our traction, we had like purchase orders that people had placed on the platform. 
we had some of the users user testimonials of people that we had served um we also had um some letters of intent um for like um for for like future offtake on the platform from big companies as well um yeah so those were pretty much the traction like some we we were making revenue at the point um so which was very helpful and i think that's like that goes to say that like at whatever point you are um when, when you start a business you should really have some revenue like even if it's not really um what the potential of the business can yield um you should have some revenue to show that people are really willing to pay for um, what you are building or the solution that you have. Um, so yeah, we I think from day one, in as much as we were trying to figure out a lot of things, we we were focused on like making revenue with what we had at that point. Because um, at that point, we knew people really didn't know what we had set for ourselves. But well, I think we were we were being our own critics, like. People haven't seen like a digital and end-to-end digital agriculture value chain before, so it's only we, we were the only ones who were going to hold ourselves back. And I think that was one of the good things we did was to hit the market early and get feedback before meeting investors. Thank you very much for that. Very helpful. Um, so at what point? Or no, actually. How much do you think um, being a part of an accelerator program helped you? Do you think it is one of the reasons why you were able to, you know, further meet founders, new founders, get their emails and all of that? Would you say that more founders need to apply for accelerator programs? Or you'd say either ways, what would you, what's your take on that? I think, I think if, you are, if, if you find yourself starting on an entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey that you've never done before i think an accelerator is a good place to to learn and get connected into the ecosystem so it's really it's super helpful but i'll say once you've had once you've gone through the process um at this point some i feel like i can start like two more companies um in my lifetime or three more companies in my lifetime we will have learned without having to go through an accelerator but I think it's very helpful in the early stage if you are new to the scene to get the necessary connections through the accelerator. And also, like, the thinking. I think startup is mostly about growth. Um, but if you grew up in an African um, business culture, you, you have that traditional thinking to what a business should be. So, like, basically um, changing that mentality to be, like, very growth-focused and results-driven and, like, keeping track of KPIs is, is really, really essential. And it's a discipline that it will be, I think it's, it's very, it, most good accelerators or incubators, um, um, good startups with. So I think there's, there's a lot of value there, but I think one should also be careful the type of incubator that they join. Because I, I think for some incubators, they also have KPIs to check. So you 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 need to be careful because you don't want to be a statistic for someone you really want to be building your business and i think that was um the like the great support we got from the MEST program okay thank you for that so you mentioned that you were also looking out for investors that had certain things can you like go over what exactly you wanted in investors so if you're looking for an investor now or if you were to advise a founder who's looking for an investor what would you say, okay, these are things you should look out for in an investor so you don't go into the wrong hands or something? So I think 
for me, the most important thing is like, I feel like it's a marriage with an investor. I mean, there, there, there are points where exits are expected for most investors, but I think at, at every point in time where you have to bring an investor into your company, you need to think of it like a, a marriage ceremony. And if you are going to have a wedding, you'd, you'd consider a lot of things and the people you want to bring in. Um, so I think for us, what we were really looking for, or, or for me personally, the first thing was it should be an investor that I can call um, or have a conversation with without it being awkward. And, and so like, I, I think that was super important because then I knew that this investor really gets not just the business, but who I, I am as well and how I want the business to grow. They really get the vision. So with Ingressive Capital, I think early this year I was in Lagos to meet the rest of the team and we just had like flawless conversation. It wasn't, I, I, I don't want, it, it wasn't, um, there were not a lot of walls or like there wasn't a lot of protocols and you didn't have to worry if you would say something wrong. I think having like a VC firm that you can really like call on anyone, anyone can reach out, hey, you need help with this without that formality really gives a lot of value. And, and I think that's one of the first things we wanted to have with an investor. We wanted an investor who really can meet us at where we are. Like you have some investors that are very white colored, very formal. Um, that wasn't the type of investor we were looking for. And also because we thought we were a seed company, we needed more friends that we needed like, um, we needed more friends and coaches or big brothers, that's why I call them. Um, so we needed investors that could be big brothers and really guide us than like investors that were strictly about the numbers um, as well, even though that's important at some point. So that was the biggest criteria, but also the mandates of the investors really matter. So I think for us, we were very excited with um, Ingressive because Ingressive has this portfolio of tech-enabled businesses. Um, and basically businesses trying to digitize or build like digital assets for, or digital infrastructure to make systems better. So there was a lot of value there for us because um, like there, there were other companies in the portfolio that we could create certain synergies with. Um, even though we, we, are, we are digitizing the agricultural value chain, we don't seek to play a role in every part of it. So when it comes to like freight forwarding, we had one company from the portfolio that was a digital freight forwarding company that we could work with. So getting that extra value from the connections as well, it's, it's super helpful. Um, we, we also wanted investors that um, had different, like another um, bunch of investors that we had were more impact-driven. And the reason why impact matters for, for us is because... Um, looking at what we are doing, the, the true vision of Complete Pharma is to create a world that fits itself. Um, and, and, and that is a, like an impact vision. It's a vision we just don't want to build a cool product. We really want to make an impact in the world. And that was why we were looking for um, those caliber of investors um, that, we, uh, um, that we have currently. Yay, I'm here representing Aggressive Capital. You mentioned Aggressive Capital a couple of times, and I'm here saying, yay. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point did Aggressive Capital come into your journey or became a part of the journey? And what was the process of getting into Aggressive Capital? Because I do know that there are a few people here who probably want to become an Aggressive Capital portfolio company. So please just share that backstory with us. 
So I, in, we met Ingressive Capital at a point where a lot of our assumptions about, when I mean assumptions, like our the business model assumptions were validated and verified. So I, I, I think we were in the latter part of our seed stage where we were now looking to see how do we scale this. We were not trying, to, we, weren't, we weren't at a stage where we were trying to figure out if this would work or if this solution is going to make money or anything. And at the point we met Ingressive, um, pretty much a lot of those assumptions had been figured out. I think what we were trying to figure out at the point we met Ingressive was how do we scale this into other geographies, um, right? So just right at the, at, the, at, the, at the growth stage, at the beginning of the growth stage, um, where we had our assumptions validated, we had some revenue, which we had shown some traction. Um, and um, so Ingressive um, was more of also a referral to, um, was, I also got to know about Ingressive through a referral uh, in, in the ecosystem here in Ghana. So um, one of my mentors, um, William Senor, also like um, knows about Ingressive and introduced me to OM from Ingressive Capital. So I sent an email to OM, hey, this is what we are building, um, sent him our pitch deck, um, we want to have a conversation. So I think if, if that was one of the um, fastest response I also got from, from an FDC. Um, um, I think once I sent out that email, just the next day I got the response, hey, let's schedule this meeting and let's look at this. And yeah, that was basically, it was, it was really that simple. It was really an email. Um, that got us that got us to 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 meet ingressive yeah okay so i guess anyone who wants to reach out should make sure to reach out but then i'm sure that there must have been a few things that you had i know you mentioned your pitch deck that must have made OM decide that okay i should reply to this person immediately because it's one thing to you know have the contact of the investor but if they're going to give you their time and you have nothing to show for it it might be like mm, nope yeah. go back and work on it or something so what did you have in your pitch deck that made you go to the next stage basically so i think one of the things about our pitch deck was i think it was more of a story um it was more of like telling the story of because i think one thing like we like just because we didn't have like an idea we didn't have a definition for our product now it's much clearer and now we have a definition but at the point we didn't and so communicating what we were building was quite difficult so we did a very good job to let the page deck tell the story of what the business is where we are what we represent um what, where we want to be and how we went, how we want to be, get there. Um, and I think once you are able to present that story very clearly to an investor, an investor will basically know um, what it will take for you to also get there um, if they believe those those um, assumptions and theses have been proven and to be true. Um, so yeah, I think um, letting your page deck tell the story and answer those questions like what you are building. Um, how you hope to get this, how, how you hope to grow this, how you hope to scale this. Um, just making sure that, like, when you take your business model canvas, you can answer all the questions that um, they'll ask. Um, and so you need to just present your business in, that, in, in a way that answers all those questions and tells your story. Um, yeah. Okay, very insightful. Um, at this point, I'd say that 
for everyone listening, you can go ahead to send in your questions. If you have any questions or anything you'd like us to touch on that we're yet to touch on, um, feel free to use the comment to drop your question. And also, if you're just joining, um, this is Ingressive Capitals, How I Got Funded, and I'm currently talking to Desmond of Complete Farmer. In the last 13 minutes, we've been talking about how he got funds to scale his business. And also, he has shared with us the behind the story of the amazing brand he's building. So now, I'm going to take a few seconds to go through the questions I have here. And so we can have Desmond reply to them. Okay, one of them here says, this is from Dr. V. Um, for this competition, she's talking about the accelerator competition at such early stage did you already have an established business plan or was it just an idea so it was just an idea at the point um it wasn't and it was also not an equity um it wasn't an equity taking competition let me say it was more of a grant um to to pursue this and at some point i think once it had become serious we also had to now put in our own monies um as well at that point so at that point, it was an idea that we had. Um, we got the um, we, we didn't even win the competition. Um, it was an attendant at the comp one of the um, attendees at the competition that um, had our pitch. I really liked what we were doing. So it was more of an angel at that point that really wanted to um, invest in Complete Pharma for us to start um, um, the company at the point. And then later, when we ran out of money, we now had to sustain the business with um our own money and our own side gigs as well okay so the next question is mr is from mr influence i'm guessing i hope i pronounced that well um and he says what financials did you have to present to ingressive so you you need to okay yeah that's 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 really good i as much as as a business you need to like um show make traction you could be making traction but you would, if you don't show the attraction you are making, it's 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 very difficult to for anyone to know. So I think uh, one of the things we got at the very beginning was an accountant. So we needed to um, organize our accounts, how we're going to keep records. Um, so we spoke to a professional accountant to set up some um, um, account uh, record record keeping uh, record keeping system for us. This was an Excel system we were using at the time. Um, basically to keep record of all our finances. And the accountants basically would then use that to generate like um, standard management accounts um, for, for you. So that was one of the things that we had to present to Ingressive was to have um, a financial statement or have our financial statements, which is the balance sheet, your income statements, and then your cash flow statements um, as well, among other things. And then you need to have a financial model. So a financial model is more like a business plan, but with numbers. So how really does your, how really do the, like the, the numbers of your business, how really do they work um, to validate that this business can then scale? So you need to represent, or you need to have a very good representation. Like, um, like the, it's mostly like um, we all learned in school, like, um, Profit is equal to selling price minus cost price, but now even much detailed. And so the the more um, detailed it is, the more it represents your business. Um, this is something that is also not just for like I think it's also not just for the purpose of investment. It's also for 
strategy development as an entrepreneur to know where you want to invest in, um, how the dynamics of your business work. So those were the two key financial documents we, we, we had to present to Ingressive, um, the financial statements or management accounts, and then our financial model. Okay, I hope that answered your question. Um, and that's going to lead me to the next question, actually, before I keep um, taking um, questions. And that would be your early um, people you had to hire. I know that one problem founders or startups have or face is actually finding good hires. So how did you fix that? How did you know the best person to, you know, to hire? How did you know who to hire? And who were the first set of people you actually brought on the team? outside yourself and the starting people? I think when it comes to hiring, it, it's very true. I think a lot of people, a lot of startup founders get HR, um, an HR person later, in, at a later stage when they have a lot of stuff. But I think it's very needed from the very beginning. Um, initially, I think we were basically hiring based on friends and recommendations of friends. So um, we would get like, a friend we can trust or someone we can trust to recommend someone they thought was really good um, as well. And then we had, I think we were looking for, um, uh, we, we, we had intern, interns. So most of the interns are still um, working with us now. And I, I think that internship system really gave us like a pool of people that just knew the business, they were really to learn and also grow as the business grows. Um, so we, we worked with a pool of interns at the stage. Um, but then we had a lot of challenges when it comes to, like, people. Um, getting people that had the right skill isn't really about friendship. It's also about them having the competency and the passion to really take what you are doing serious. So that was, like, one of the biggest challenges. It's even still a challenge we have. Um, currently, Ingressive um, is helping us recruit, like, a chief operating officer. Um, and that's also another value you can get from an investor because they they tend to work with a, a, a multiple um, portfolio companies. They they see talents move in those companies. They know how or where or which talents can fit in a particular rules um, as well. So yeah, I think that was what I think I was. I had to learn the hard way from from experience the best way to recruit people for certain roles um, as well. Okay, thank you very much. I'm going to go back into the questions I have here. Um, I can't pronounce this name, but it says, Hi, good day. I need help. I'm from startup, from ideation stage. Um, I'm not exactly sure what this question is asking, but if you've been here for a while, Desmond has shared a lot about how he moved from idea stage to where he is right now. And if you're talking about how to get funds from Ingressive Capital, please visit our website, www.ingressivecapital.com. Um, who else here? Mm, okay, I think that's it for now. So keep your questions coming if you have any. We have a few more minutes before we wrap this up. And so now I'm just going to ask Desmond. So from the first time when you had to raise funds, and at this point where you are, and maybe when you want to raise funds again in the future, what lessons have you learned? What would you do different? Or what has changed in the way you go about it? Okay, so I think um, I'm planning on starting a Series A round now. Um, and um, basically, I think basically now I, I, I know how to make the process easier. Like, like some of the things that we mentioned right now, 
um, like having a financial model, having your financial statements, having um, your things in your data room intact is is really key. I think what made me what made my last fundraising quite a challenge was I had to have the investors request for it before I go do it, and that was quite like reactional. Um, I think once when you are preparing to start raising funds, you should really be prepared. And so what I'll do dif different right now, or what I'm doing different right now is, even before opening that Series A round, I'm putting all these documents together. I'm going, I'm anticipating all the questions that these investors. I'm sending the true representation of the business to these investors um, in the best form and also to help them see um, the future prospects of the company. I think some people hope that investors really see it, but I think we have to like do put in some more effort to like in, in the storytelling to get them to, to see that picture as well. So that's what I'll do differently. I'll, I'll, be, I'll make sure I'm very, very much prepared for all, for, like, for all the due diligence um, questions that I'll have to go through to make the process easier and, and, and seamless. Thank you very much for that. It's been amazing spending the last 40 minutes, over 40 minutes with you. We've learned a lot. I do know that now I'm a bit wiser. <laughs> and so thank you for that. Um, before you go, what advice would you give to anyone who is you know, trying to raise funds right now? I think once you started on this journey fundraising is like a necessary evil that you'd have to face um like someone asked um about being in an idea stage i think the thing with entrepreneurship is every morning when you wake up you still need to make the decision that i want to be an entrepreneur i think people make that decision and so at some at points when it becomes very hard at points when like fundraising becomes very hard or um building the startup becomes very hard they find it hard to make the decision again to keep going. And I think that's one thing I like. Like you need to, I think COVID made fundraising quite difficult, but you need to know like, okay, you need to keep going. Like it's a decision I make every morning. Like this is what I'm, 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 I'm living for, or this is what I'm building. This is what I've got into. And just, and that just keeps fooling, fooling me. I don't think people should, um, fundraising is, is tough. Because it also has to be, if it was easy, um, it wouldn't be as resourceful, as, as impactful as it is. So people have to just have that fortitude to keep going. Like, I, I, when I started, as I mentioned, I applied to 169 investors. I had a lot of no's. Like, I had, I had no's and I had very condemning no's um, as well. But then you keep going to the next investor. You keep going. And I, I think it's, at some point, it breaks your spirit, but you need to keep going. You need to keep keep going and keep going. That's all I, I'd have to say. You shouldn't, you shouldn't stop. You need to have the grits to keep going. Wow, talk about sending, you know, sending messages or emails to a hundred and something investors. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well done. And also, good luck with your next round. Thank you. Looking forward to hearing good news and, of course, posting <laughs> about what next you do. Um, and so that's it for today's episode of How I Got Funded here on Ingressive Capital. Over the last 40 minutes, I have been speaking to Desmond of Complete Pharma, and he has shared with us his journey. Thank you very much, Desmond.
And so this would be a wrap. This video, will be available. <laughs> this video is going to be available on our um, on our Instagram page, and also it's going to be made into a podcast for you to listen and learn a thing or two. And so this is where we say bye bye. Thank you very much. Bye.